Have you ever thought about how to get the students in your church well-trained so they can actually defend their faith in the Bible? How they can actually answer questions when confronted with non-believers, such questions as, how do you fit dinosaurs into the Bible? Who did Cain marry? What about carbon-14? Was the flood really a worldwide flood? Well, I want to welcome you to Creation Radio and TV. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, and I'm the president and founder of Creation Training Initiative. And we're here to help people to be well-trained how to defend their faith and actually train other people how to speak and teach on biblical creation and apologetics. Well, in our studio today, we have a guest all the way from Lincoln, Nebraska, Deb Vidir. Welcome, Deb. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Now, what brought you all the way from Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, we as a family decided that my dad, after 52 years of not having received his medals for serving in the Korean conflict, uh, that it was time for him to receive those. And so we did an honor drive to D.C. and found opportunity to stop and visit with you on the way back. Well, we're glad you did. Now, now one of the questions, uh, you're one of my favorite people to talk about because mm -hmm. you understand education well. You. And you came to one of our five-day training classes last year mm -hmm. and graduated with honors. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you have such a background, and that's what really got me enthusiastic about what you're doing. Your background in creation, your background in apologetics, mm -hmm. and your background in education. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. What I'm doing right now and have been doing for about 10 years is starting, uh, I started 10 years ago, a program with st four students that focused on giving apologetic answers. At the time, it was part of a speech and debate program from NCFCA, which is a homeschool uh, speech and debate league. And apologetics at that time was a brand new little sidebar, if you will, to spending many, many hours on team policy. As the years went by, it became apparent to me that students only had so much time and I wanted to make sure my students were focusing more on biblical issues and answering the biblical topics of our day and not just uh, in being in the political realm. So we broke off about six years ago as an independent club and what we do then is work on biblical training, uh, speak about different worldviews. We also address creation apologetics. Uh, we address logical fallacies. We teach the kids to speak. We also have a little drama on the side for those students who might think that it's boring to study biblical topics and apologetics. And so we try to get a program together for every possible learning style address all of those during the year and do it in an engaging way. And at the end of the year, we actually have a tournament which forces them to get up in front of other people and actually answer some of those questions and participate in multiple events. We have everything from impromptu speaking to uh, biblical-themed drama to apologetics giving answers to extemporaneous apologetics where they know uh, which six questions might be drawn, they can prep for those, and then they are asked to speak without any notes and give an answer. In my opinion, that's my goal. That's the highest level of learning that they can talk on the street corner, uh, talk at the playground, whatever that might be, and have an answer ready for as many of these uh, challenges to the faith as possible. So you're like a model. That's what I look at, a model. Wouldn't mm -hmm. it be nice if we could get more churches and groups around this country to do this? Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get our youth pastors trained to do this also? I would love to see that happen. In I fact, we have tried to start a program, and I'm focusing this summer and the next year on trying to pull together what we have done, uh, lay out lesson plans as well as how-tos for during your class time, and have it as turnkey as possible with games, with ideas for activities, and for how you review this material. 
ready so that I'm hoping it uh, will be accessed by youth groups, uh, other homeschool organizations, just families, and that they'll be able to walk through that on their own and not be intimidated. Now I have to ask you this, Deb. Okay. People know that uh, when they come to my class, they're going to have to do push-ups. <laughs> do you train them how to do push-ups also? I don't, but I think that ought to be on my agenda. Apparently, no. Actually, the the one the one area that I do things differently is that with kids I work with are ages 10 to 19 typically, and I'm finding that at least my homeschool groups are extremely motivated by candy. Candy. They will do a lot for candy or sometimes a free book. We'll give away a motivational book, an apologetics book. And so we lay out a variety of possible rewards that they can earn for, for what they're doing and, and how they're stretching. For and also in the tournament, we then also use um, medals. We give yeah. them medals for those who excel. Well, for me, yeah. the, the reward is push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> that is a reward. Okay. Yes, it is. Well, others see it differently. <laughs> yeah, okay. see it differently. Others see candy as a reward. Yeah. Uh, you have a tremendous background. I remember sitting down with you at one time for almost three hours talking about education and mm -hmm. uh, I learned a lot there. Where did you get all your background in education? You got education, you got mm -hmm. apologetics, mm -hmm. and you got creation. Where did you get all your background in these? Wow, I have to give the Lord credit for that. I, um, first of all, I would say that you know, once I came to a personal faith in Christ as my Savior and trusted Him alone for salvation, what age was that, that? was the beginning. That was really at age about 17. Okay. Early on, I had an understanding of the Bible, but did not have an actual personal repentance. I didn't realize that He was the only way I needed to quit trusting in other things. Were you going to church at that time? I was not really going no. to church okay. at that time. So the, the Lord um, selected me, for which I'm very grateful. and. Um, I was a music and education major at the time. I was uh, on the fast track to graduate and then uh, derailed and decided to get married and raise a family. So I actually never finished that degree. And I would like to encourage those that are out there that don't actually have a full teaching degree, it is totally possible to teach creation apologetics. Yes. Uh, one, I was a little nervous when I went to the creation training uh, for teachers the first time, afraid I'd be the only one without a degree, and that was not true. There are just so many people and the style in which you teach is so understandable by the whole variety of, of people. You don't you need that. a PhD to, to understand it. So, yeah, please, uh, anyone can, can do what I'm doing. Uh, it really just takes a passion for the students, a passion for Christ. Uh, the main training I've had past the um, studying some education in college is that I have home educated for 30 years now and tried to learn all about different learning styles, different modalities, and try to adapt it very personally to the individual student. So that 30 years of trial and error in some cases has been very educational for me. That and the, the pinnacle then was taking the creation training uh, from your first session out there in Asheville, North Carolina. So you're a strong advocate of homeschooling. I am an advocate of homeschooling, absolutely. Now, what, what do you do when they come up with this question? they're not going to be socially adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's an old one. And uh, that is interesting because our current school system tends to think that social adjustment is to only your peer group. And one thing we find with home educated students is they live in more of the real world in the sense that most of us deal with different people of all different ages every day and the homeschool students are able to do that. That's what we call social adjustment, not just being able to talk to someone your own age. I find the same thing. When we go to homes where they're, they're homeschooled, mm -hmm. the, the students there fit right in with the conversation. They don't walk out of the room, but mm -hmm. you normally see. They fit right in the conversation. They feel very comfortable with that. They do, and they normally will approach adults very comfortably. They don't see them as distant or only have, as a teacher. And they have many other organizations they can work with uh, after mm -hmm. school. They, they've got sports, they've got music. 
mm-hmm. and oh. all sorts of things. So that yeah. I find that they're better socially adjusted. Thank you. I would agree. Yes. I think they're, they're the ones I've met, and I've met many in mm-hmm. 30 years, and they're very well socially adjusted, and they do very well after they graduate. Usually excel in okay. whatever field they're in. Now, where did you get your background in creation, and how did you get started in the whole idea of creation? Wow, I'll have to say from just early studying the Bible, to me it was clear that creation was true. I didn't question it in in that sense. Uh, The science I was being taught in the public school as a young person did not make sense to me according to the Bible and the creation I saw around me. So that was one gift of God early on. But my main creation background, I'd say in terms of being able to teach it, has definitely come from the Creation Training Institute. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you seem to be a, a little bit of an anomaly here. You saw a conflict between what you were being taught in the school and mm-hmm. what the Bible said, a lot of our, unfortunately, a lot of our church leaders see that, and what do they do? Change the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm passionate about correcting that as best I can wherever God has planted yes. me. And I think that I'm starting that with trying to plant that into our young people. The more young people we can reach, because that seems to be the area God's given me, the more we can hopefully affect not only this generation, but the next one. To say, stand firm for the Bible, there's no reason to apologize. Science and the Bible actually agree. Right. I I thank you so much Mm -hmm. for that. Very few seem to be doing that. Now, tell us a little bit about some of your graduates from what you do there, uh, from your apologetics group. What kind of things do you actually teach them in there? Mm. We teach them a variety of things. Uh, let's see. We not only teach them to speak and defend the faith, we're also teaching them about different worldviews. And I've actually had one of my graduates a couple of years ago state on the stage at the uh, final ceremony when they're giving the flowers to the director. Uh, the best thing that happened is that he stated that had it not been for apologetics, he probably would have been, uh, had denied the faith and gone into Hinduism, Buddhism, or Mormonism by then. Um, it was just, I was shocked. He was really struggling, I had no idea, but God worked in his heart just because we were opening material, and frankly, I'm learning the material with the kids one day at a time. I'm not an expert before I move in. I'm studying with them, studying a little bit ahead of them, and homeschool students take that very, very well. Um, I, I would assume public school students do as well. Just that honesty that I don't know everything, but we can learn and let's dig and find out together. In, in, yeah. in computers, what we say is uh, we just pirate things. We never steal anything. We just pirate, <laughs> pirate. The there ideas. you go. Yeah, That's pirate ideas, exactly. But what are some of the things they learn how to answer, some of the challenges they learn how to answer? Oh, they learn how to answer at least uh, the challenges that are listed in the, the Big 12 that you'd find in oh. creation training. Okay. I, we based on that, and we also focus on uh, things such as does God exist? How do I know the Bible is true? What are the foundations of the gospel? What are the four main parts of the gospel? Uh, as well as how do I defend against different worldviews? How does Christianity compare to Buddhism? How does Christianity compare to other things that are being taught in the culture? Wiccan, you know, there's just a variety of things popping up. We also uh, do questions such as, do, do the Big Bang and the, the Bible, or, or do they agree? Uh, does evolution, is evolution compatible with the Bible? We've really touched on those in the last year, especially. Now, I'm going to make a very bold statement here. Not okay. to you, but I want to make it to our audience out there. All you parents, you need to go to your youth leader. And those questions Deb just went through, ask your youth leader if they know how to answer these. Mm -hmm. If they don't, then what are they learning in there? If they don't know the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what are they learning in there? If they don't know how to defend their faith, what are they learning in there? We need to get people in our church who can actually train our students to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, entertainment is important, I understand. 
But it's got to go beyond that. We've got to get down to the biblical doctrines and get our youth trained or we're going to continue to lose them. So thank you for doing that, Deb. Mm -hmm. Now, now uh, I'll, I'll get one more thing. I'm going to interrupt you. How would they get a hold of you if they wanted to find out how to set something up like this in their own community? Okay, a couple of different ways. We have an apologetics website at this point. It's really under construction, but you could reach me there. It's at standfirmapologetics.com. And Say that one again. Standfirmapologetics.com. Our club from the beginning has been called the Stand Firm Apologetics Club uh, as a reference to Ephesians 6. And uh, also a quicker way right now would be to email me at dbadir at gmail.com. Spell that out. D-B-A-D-E-E-R at gmail.com. Good. So they can get a hold of you and... Absolutely. If we could just replicate this around the country, we'd start making some gains. Well, I have a heart for it. We're just trying to, and I would love to talk to you out there to see what could we do to help get you started in your own community. We'd be happy to dialogue, to come out and visit you, whatever we can do to try to get into your hands material that will give you the courage to take that first step and jump in and learn with the students that God's given you. Okay, so how do you fit dinosaurs into the Bible? <laughs> that, that just came from right field. Yeah, yeah, that did. How do I fit dinosaurs into the Bible? Oh, you know what? I fit it very carefully into speech camp for some kids that I had the chance to work with last summer, ages 9 to 12. I was asked to teach speech. This might give someone else an idea. You can always fit some creation apologetics in there. Dinosaurs are a favorite topic of kids, and there were a lot of things that these young people, even coming from Christian homes, had already been believing that were lies because so much of the culture is just pouring in on, on them and on all of us. Uh, so we fit dinosaurs into the Bible that way, showed them where it was, showed them the PowerPoints. Yes. Uh, it was excellent. We also took them through ages 9 to 12. What is the gospel and what are the four main points that need to be in the gospel? And it was so exciting to see some of them go, oh, you mean we need to know that man is a sinner. And so yes. they're just, it was excellent to see. So yeah. you can fit one of these subjects into any age group. Yes, and, yeah. and we sell our students short. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, if I can take an eighth grade, and I can do that, how to take mm -hmm. a computer part and put it back together again, don't you think they can learn the riches of God's Word? Oh, absolutely. And one thing we do in our Stand Firm Apologetics Club is take difficult material. Most of the books are designed for adults. And we take them through it. We break it down into simpler language when needed. We use review games. We'll take, a, I even take a beach ball and we write the 12 questions on it. Okay. And the questions we want them to learn during the year to know how to answer. And they toss it around when they catch it. Wherever they touch, they've got to answer that to the student next to them. If they can't, somebody helps them out. So we start them in a review way that's not totally intimidating and then make it a little harder as you go. Match games, uh, logical fallacy puzzles, all kinds of things so that we're making it fun. It's hard material. Yes. They don't know any better you know, than to learn. And, the, and what a 10-year-old even can grasp is yes. phenomenal. We yes. do sell them short. Now, speaking of intimidating, you, you teach speech all mm -hmm. about how to speak. And you were one of my students last time. <laughs> Think how I must have felt up there. Oh, you didn't know. Getting we didn't this say adjective and add that adverb. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not that specific. I'm more about communication. And that's yes. really what we're trying to teach our students, too. That's why we put them in front of the public that's brought in to be judges 
uh, as volunteers because we want these kids to learn that when we're dialoguing in public, I could say the same thing to you and the other two people in the room might hear me in a different way, might understand it in a different way, and so I need to learn how to communicate in a way that has a more broad appeal or use language that's more understood, and that's what we're working with on the kids. Not so much a checklist, but are you communicating with compassion and clarity and understanding? Yes, and you probably have some difficult cases there because I remember my own case, the only class I ever failed in college was speech. No. <laughs> I could not speak in front of anybody. I'm a strong introvert. Yeah. But once I became a believer, yeah. then everything changed. Let's so I know where God my gift done. comes from. It's not me. It's, oh. it's God himself. Well, and I agree. I never took a speech class in school. And so... Um, any... I had to take it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and the one I took in college didn't... We never gave a speech that I can remember. So it was, uh, it was worldview training and, and religious training instead. But, yeah. So you've got the creation. You've got the apologetics. Huh? Now, tell me some more about some of your people, the, the students are going out. Uh, do you have any um, cases where they actually got to use this? I have had students, um, many students that have used it, and it's always very exciting, of course, and rewarding to the teacher. We had a student who was, I believe, 12 at the time, and he got on an airplane and sat next to someone that was an older adult, and he shared the gospel with him very clearly. I had another student who was, she was 18, she was on an airplane and shared with a devout atheist uh, the entire Christian worldview, what the gospel was, and they parted friends and had a very lovely, a lovely communication. Love, and this student challenged her to think about it, challenged her to go ahead and, and start reading the Bible she has at home. So I couldn't be prouder of them. There, there are some tremendous things happening. I also have a student, he is uh, all of 12 right now, and he's the best track distributor you've ever seen. Uh, we use, we enjoy with the kids the way of the master tracks so as yes, something that's easy and a way that we can train them in one alternative way to share the gospel. And he loves the million dollar bills and he's given out hundreds and hundreds of million dollar bills at his uh, wrestling meets, at the national archery competition we were just at, um, just has a heart for the gospel. So those are just a few of the stories. Others go on into, I had one student went into the political realm. She was finding that she was defending the faith on a regular basis every day with the staffers she worked with and had repeated dialogue. So yeah, these students are getting bombarded. A lot of parents don't realize this. They're getting yeah. bombarded not only from their atheist friends or non-believer friends, mm -hmm. they're getting bombarded from within the church. Oh. And a lot of these churches are teaching heresy mm -hmm. and they don't have the wisdom to know that yet. That's why what you're doing is so important. Somebody's got to reach out to our youth because our churches aren't doing it well enough right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're getting some good things in there. Mm -hmm. They're building some relationships in there and some confidence, mm -hmm. but they're walking away from the church in droves because when they get challenged, they see a conflict and they give up the Bible. That's normally what's happening Exactly, today. and we saw some of this problem in our own kids as they were growing up. Uh, we have eight children ourselves, and the youngest is still in school. And um, we saw that the youth group activity was not teaching them anything beneficial. We only have so much time with our kids. And what are we gonna do with that? Are we gonna use it to the most benefit for Christ that we possibly can and build as much truth in as we can? Or are we gonna frit it away, fritter it away? So. We, that was part of the growth, really, of the apologetics program, too, saying this model is not working. I'm watching the kind of kids that are coming out of the youth group model, and I'm not happy with what I see. They couldn't defend the faith. They were falling away from the faith and the church. 
what can I do as a parent to try to build the kids around me? And that was another uh, way that we started developing a program to replace. And it is the youth group, if you will, for most of the students that I have. Okay. Now, a little while ago, you said something that really warmed my heart, uh, mm -hmm. dealing with education. Okay. And you set up right from the beginning, before you start a class, what you expect your students to be able to know and do. Yeah, I like that. Yet. Yes, and we do that, and yeah. we called it our Big 12. That's oh, what yes, we do. the Big 12 questions, that's, yeah. That's what we do in our five-day training class. Mm -hmm. These are the things you have to know if you're going to succeed in this class. Mm -hmm. Right up front, everybody knows what they're supposed to be able to do. And they I do. appreciate about that, and you in education. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I call it our terminal objective. Yes, 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 and we do. We tell the kids exactly what's expected of them. We try not to scare them with it, but we say, "This is look, this is what you're going to be able to do at the end of the year. Isn't that exciting? And when they get there in the spring, we dress them up in their, they dress up in their suits and their dress code for tournament, and uh, they excel and exceed even what they thought they could do and sometimes what we thought they could do because yeah. we've raised the bar and we say we're here with you we believe that you can do that help let us help you now this this sounds very compatible to any athletic anybody's gonna be in they go to their practices mm -hmm. they try and excel and they have their big meets mm -hmm. you're doing the same thing but only in a biblical and an academic environment exactly and they get these yeah. rewards for it mm -hmm. So if you think you're going to miss something by, by go, doing this, no, you're not going to miss anything. The competition is there. Mm -hmm. And the reality, the real world yes. is there. The competition is there, the reward is there, and, and the, the coaching is there. We give them all the coaching that they need. That's right. Yeah. As teachers, we are coaches. Mm -hmm. We should be. Yes. Now, your organization, how many people do you have working with you? It's really a handful. It started out just myself. And uh, uh, now we have a pastor who's a wonderful help and does a lot of teaching. I have several, uh, another uh, fa mother and son that are brother and sister in Christ in the church. They're taking over the 10 to 12s. They focused on them primarily. And he's taking over more administration next year. Uh, my daughter comes in and teaches worldview. Okay. She's a graduate of the program. so. I would say a handful of five or six, and then the parents contribute. They know that they're going to come in and have a time when they take turns and that they support and they listen to answers to, to of the challenges and then give their comments. Well, I like this, but would you add that? I would say another um, teaching tip that I imagine would parallel with sports again is that when we are coaching these kids in giving the answers to the faith, in doing the hard things, in learning huge words they've never heard before, but what those definitions mean and how to use that, we never allow the students to do any criticism, only the coach gets a chance to. What the others get to do is tell them what they're doing well. So the other students get to say, I like how you spoke, I like how you stood, I like what you said, and only the coach gets to give one correction at a time to build, build, build towards success. I like that, yeah. because we want to educate for success. We <laughs> want to be helped all the way through there. Now, how much time do you actually put on this a, a week? Oh, that's a great question. It's, it's almost like a full-time job, actually. Okay. Uh, at the beginning, I would say I was putting in probably 20-hour weeks sometimes but right now no it'll flow with everything laid down in a ready-to-go format it might take an hour or two of preparation for the for the person leading the club as we envision it so once we have all those decisions made and all of the lesson plans uh, decided and emailed out and the games selected so that you don't even have to come up with creative ideas for the games it should be very very user-friendly okay. if, if you're at home and you're looking for something to do this is it. 
what an impact and difference you can make by setting up one of these type of groups or clubs in your own church and community. And if you want to find out more, how can they get a hold of you again, Deb? You can get a hold of me at dbadir at gmail.com. That's D-B-A-D-E-E-R at gmail.com. Well, I want to thank you, Deb, for coming all the way from Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, it wasn't just for this. <laughs> no. But coming all the way and spending some time with us here because it is such an important thing that you're doing. And thank you. Thank you, and God bless you. And everyone out there, I want to thank you for listening today, and God bless all of you. If these lessons had been a blessing to you, you might consider financially supporting the Ministry of Creation Training Initiative. You can do this by going to our website, creationtraining.org. Again, that's creationtraining.org. Your tax-deductible donation of just $20, $50 or more a month, or a one-time gift of any amount will make you an education partner in building an army of Christian educators who can teach the biblical account of creation and train others to be able to defend their faith and be biblically faithful to God's word as it states in 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear.